Hey, 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 it's competition season, and I've decided to share with you today a DECA roleplay prep framework. It's three parts and covers case study prep, presentation, and administration. If you sponsor a different CTSO, listen in because you may be able to apply some of these strategies to your own group. Let me tell you, if I had this DECA roleplay prep framework when I first started teaching, my induction into DECA life would have been so much better. So grab your notepads and pens and be ready to take lots of notes. Also, stay tuned to the end for information on how to access all of the resources within this DECA Roleplay Prep Framework. You're listening to Marketing Adventure, the hub for business, fashion, marketing, and other CTE educators who integrate marketing into the learning experience. I'm your host, Jackie Walker. Each week, I'll cover marketing education concepts, strategies, tips, trends, frameworks, and other information to equip you to connect your classroom to digital natives while cultivating an engaged learning environment. So come on into the room where your favorite beverage, snacks, and even your cell phone are all welcome. All right, so let's get into this framework. We're going to start with part one that covers the case study prep. There are four sections in this part. The first part is the prep and presentation time. So with the individual competitive events for DECA, there is a 10-minute prep and a 10-minute presentation time with the judge. With the team decision-making event, there is a 30-minute prep and a 15-minute presentation time with the judge. And just real quickly, when I was teaching, I would have my sophomores because my sophomores were my first group of students competing in DECA. My freshmen were doing entrepreneurship and they had their entrepreneurship competition. So they didn't compete in DECA. Um, But my sophomores through seniors competed in DECA. So I would have my sophomores do the team decision-making. I learned very early on that it allowed them to get comfortable with presentation by having a buddy that they can actually sit there and do their prep time with for 30 minutes. And also it gave them a little bit more time during the presentation with the judge. So instead of 10, they have 15 minutes. So this is just a little tip. I saw success when I started having them to do the team decision-making instead of the individual. And then later on in their junior or senior year, they could do the individual because they were more comfortable with presentation at DECA. Just a side note. Now, the case study itself is what they're going to be doing in the prep time. So they need to know their event that they're competing in, number one. Number two, they need to see what career cluster it's under because they will need to go to those performance indicators within that career cluster so that they can study the instructional area that they're giving at district. This is the only time that they will have access to the instructional area. For state and ICDC, they will not let you know what the instructional area is for your competitive event. 
So this is key because at district, this is just like a warm up so you can practice for state. Okay. So they need to understand what that instructional area is so they can go and study. And I also have um, a performance performance indicator uh, study guide on how to study for your performance indicators, which will be in the resource at the end of this episode. And then they have their situation, which is the case study. So that is what all is encompassing uh, within the case study that they're going to use for their prep, the event, the career cluster, the instructional area, the performance indicators, and the actual situation. All right, so we're going to move on into organizing ideas. So how, once they get their case study, do they organize themselves to prepare? They only have 10 minutes, right? So I've come up with a DECA role play organization form to help the students organize their thoughts and practice putting these this information onto a piece of paper because when they get to competition, they won't have this DECA organization uh, form or this DECA or role play organization form. So they will need to have practiced with it to have the form in their minds so that at competition, they can quickly write down their ideas. So on this form, it helps them to think about all the components within the case study. So they quickly document the roles. What's the role of the judge? What's their role as the um, competitor? And then they write down the performance indicators because it's very key that they mention every single performance indicator when they're in there presenting to the judge because they will not remember those five to seven performance indicators off the top of their head. It's great to have it written down so they can just quickly glance at it to help them stay on track. And then they want to document the keynotes. What are the facts that are stated within the case study? And then what is the action that's been asked of them within the case study? And then after that, they want to determine what they're going to present to the judge and how they're going to present it to the judge. So these are the things that they were organized, the ideas that they were organized on the DECA role play organization form. Now, the fourth section of the case study prep is determining your delivery. So I mentioned that in the organizing ideas part. So you want to determine how you're going to share the information with the judge. Some examples of things that you could share or that the student could share is um, a sales report, if that's what is being asked for. On the piece of paper that you're given when you go into the prep area, you can just scribble out a picture of a sales report, or you can do a little slideshow, break the piece of paper up into several different um, little squares or rectangles and make a slideshow. They can do a brochure, take the paper, fold it and create your brochure, depending on the information that's being asked for in the case study. You can create an ad, you can create social media posts, you can do a brand template. There's so many different deliverables that you can present to the judge during that time but you need to have the paper um, and do that on the blank piece of paper that's being given to you. Also, I advise my students to ask for more paper as soon as they sit down. So they will know immediately if they have to use one piece of paper to write down their organizational ideas and also create a visual aid with. If the, um, the advisors in that particular district don't allow the students to have more than one piece of paper, then they can immediately 
fold their paper in half, tear it apart, use one for their organizational ideas and the other for their visual aid. Now for part two of the framework, which is engagement. In this part, I'm going to cover two different sections. The first is the actual presentation. So when the student goes in to do their presentation, they want to immediately start presenting. Remember, they only have 10 or 15 minutes based on which event they're doing. They want to um, do their introduction by stating who the judge is so the judge understands that they know what their role is and then stating what their role is during their introduction. They want to also state the facts that were presented within the presentation, within the case study, and talk about the action that's being asked of them from the case study. And then acknowledge that they've come up with a resolution. This is all the introduction. And then you want to get into the actual presentation. So during the actual presentation, they're going to state the performance indicators while they're giving their resolution. It is very key that they state each performance indicator because the judge's evaluation form has each performance indicator listed. And so if they don't mention the performance indicator, the judge, because they only have about five minutes to do the evaluation form before they get the next competitor in, the judge may not remember. They were like, well, I didn't hear them say that. I didn't hear them talk about it. I didn't hear them address it. So state the performance indicators. Um, then you want to go ahead and completely give out your resolution and present the visual aids that you've come up with during um, the presentation and actually hand them to the judge and let the judge look at them. It is quite okay for the student to hand the visual aids that they created to the judge and leave them with the judge because they can't take them with them. All right. And then you want to allow enough time. They want to make sure that the judge has at least a couple of minutes to ask them questions. Now, if the judge has been asking you questions throughout the time that you're doing your presentation, then you don't necessarily need to leave that time because the judge is interacting with the student so they don't have to leave that time for questions. But most of the times the judge will let you do the presentation and then ask the, a couple of questions at the end that they ask every competitor. All right. So side note here, if the judge, because students, I've had this time and time again, the students will say, Miss Walker, the judge kept interrupting us. We couldn't even tell our whole idea or what have you. Have the students to woosah uh, <laughs> and be prepared for the judge to interrupt because we can't di dictate what these judges are going to do. So if the judge does interrupt the students, have those students to remember the four R's, to remember where they are, make a mental note quickly. This is where I am in my presentation. Then to recognize that the, that the judge has asked a question by stating, that's a good question. And then to respond by providing a very brief answer to the judge's question. And then to resume their presentation so they can get all of their ideas out to the judge so they can cover all of the performance indicators and the information that's being asked of them in the case study. Now, you want to make sure that in the team decision-making event that each partner has a part. 
to say. It cannot be lopsided where one partner is doing 90% of the presentation and the other partner is only doing 10 points. They can get points deducted for that. Okay, so make sure that each partner is sharing the load. And then they also want to make sure that they are using their 21st century skills that are noted on the evaluation form because every evaluation form has those 21st century skills listed. There are five of them and they count for 30% of the score. So they definitely want to make sure that they're using them. Now, the next part of the engagement is the greeting and the closing. So I did mention the greeting earlier when I talked about the introduction. So in the greeting, this is very key because this is their first impression and the closing is the last impression that they're going to leave with the judge. So in the greeting, they want to make sure that they introduce themselves to the judge, provide a firm handshake and ask if they can sit or ask if the judge is telling them to sit, if they can stand, because maybe their presentation, they want to stand as if they're doing a presentation at the front of the room. So be sure that they know to do the introduction, shake the hand, and then either ask to sit or stand based on what they want to do. Now, the closing is almost the same, but in the closing, they want to be sure to ask the judge for their buy-in to the idea that they presented. So that could be they're presenting a training program. And Mr. Judge, i like to get your buy-in on getting this training program developed and presented to our employees, whatever it may be that the case study is asking for. And then they do the handshake again, and then thank their judge for their time. Hey, adventurous educator. I just want to take a quick break to ask, is this your first time teaching fashion marketing or do you need a boost in your curriculum? Well, look no further. I have the ultimate fashion marketing class bundle. It's packed with four vibrant presentations, fun and engaging activities, quizzes, and four major projects for an immersive semester of fashion exploration. And it comes with the pacing guide for an 18-week semester. Additionally, each assignment has detailed student instructions and suggested pacing times so that you can tailor the time frame to fit your teaching schedule. For more information about this must-have bundle, go to marketingadventure.com and search Ultimate Fashion Marketing Class Bundle or simply click the link in the show notes. Now back to the show. Okay, so now for part three. Part three is administration. This really has to do with you and how you carry out this practice, this prep time for the students. So first of all, you want to set the room up so that it is conducive to a role play competition environment. You can do this by setting up tables, having one competitor per table, or if you don't have tables, then you want to bring two or three desks together, depending on if it's an individual role play or if it's a team decision-making. You'll have two desks facing one desk for team decision-making because you have two partners. All right. You want to make sure there's enough space between these desks and tables for privacy. 
most of these competitions, ours are have always or they used to be always conducted at a school. So we use desk. Now some of the competitions are being um, conducted at um, convention centers. So they have dividers between each competitor with the judges. So you want to make sure that you're going to partner the individual event competitors with judges who are individual competitors as well. And then you'll partner your team decision-making teams together. So it's like a 50-50 split. If you have an odd number, I'm pretty sure you'll find a way to work it out where that odd um, competitor will have someone who will judge them. So then you want to make sure that you assign the judge and competitors numbers. So if you label all your tables and your chairs or desk with a number, then you want to make sure that the competitor knows which number they are so they can go to the judge, the appropriate judge, when it's time for them to sit down with the judge. So you will allow the judge and the competitors the allotted prep time. So if you have a mix of students who are doing individual events and team decision-making events, then you will have, just depending on how you time this, if you time it using the 10 minutes for prep, 10 minutes for um, presentation for the individuals, you can get one rotation, full rotation done while the team decision-making is doing their 30-minute prep. So just keep in mind that you can probably do two rotations of the individual event to one full rotation of the team decision-making event. So if you're allowing about 30 minutes to do the full rotation, then you are, for an individual, then you are equaling that time to the prep for the team decision-making. And so by doing that, you can actually do two individual event rotations to one team decision-making rotation. May require having some extra hands on board in the room to help you navigate that space. Now, um, I'd say for when the um, students sit down with their judges and start doing their prep, you start your timer and then you allow for that time. Once the timer has ended, you will have the competitors leave the room, go out in the hallway or wherever you are doing your prep and practice. And then during that time while they're out in the hallway, you just um, give them the rules of engagement. Just remind them of how they should greet the judge and do their um, closing as well. Also, Um, During the time that you have the students were actually doing their prep for the 10 minutes, you would have the judge, just a little conversation with the judges, just reminding them of their role and um, reminding them how to look through the score sheet and listen for the student um, competitors information as they're presenting and all of that. So you just go over that with them quickly during the students prep time. um, And then once it's time for the students to do their engagement with the judge, You know, you have them exit the room, as I said before, go over the rules of engagement and then let them back into the room. And once each competitor is with their judge, start the timer. Once you start the timer, you let that go on. And at the end of their time, you will have the competitors leave the judge's table and give the judges about five minutes to complete the evaluation form. 
And then you'll have the judge and the competitors to switch places. And so this is pretty much how you can conduct the um, setup for the prep and practice for the role play. Now, all of this time that you're doing the prep and practice for role plays um, and for the events for competition, I mean, you seriously can use several class periods to do this, depending on how many students you have. And then I know some of you have the students come in after school. Um, so you can determine like how much time you're going to spend each day after school. But if these kids are in your class or even if they're with another marketing teacher or what have you, you can give them grades for this. Let me tell you, this can represent several grades. So I would apply a classroom grade to the judge who's participating. That's a participation grade. I mean, I know we don't give participation grades, but actually there's a judge form that you will be able to um, use uh, to go ahead and assign grades for each person who judges. So, I mean, essentially each person who participates in this prep can get four grades. Two of them will be classroom grades. One will be the judge participation grade. The other will be the competitor participation grade. And I have a form that shows you how you can score the judge and how you can score the competitor to make it a grade. Then you can have two test grades. The actual evaluation form that the judge completes can be a test grade. And you really want them to score them um, as if they are truly judging them for competition. Now, we know students don't think like adults, and so their scores may be a little bit more um, easier than a judge at competition will score them. But, you know, use your judgment as to how you will um, record those grades, whether it will be on a sliding scale, whether it be, you know, 70, 90, 100 for completion or however. I wouldn't say 100 for completion, but anyway, you can determine how you're going to judge those evaluation forms or um, apply those evaluation forms for a grade. Now, the other test grade is professional dress. I would 100% have them dress up for this practice because they need to, number one, know what to wear. And number two, you need to see if they understand what they should wear and give them a pro professional dress grade for that. I actually have a professional dress guideline for scoring your students on dress dressing professionally that will be in resources in the link in my show notes. All right. So four grades definitely can fill your grade book for this. Now, the resources that I've mentioned throughout this episode for the framework of doing a DECA role play prep will be in the show notes. There will be a link in the show notes that will take you to all of these resources. It will have forms. It will have links to resources that you can easily grab and go to, to help your students go through this prep for DECA. Well, I hope that you have found value in this DECA role play prep framework. Now, be sure to share this episode with your students so that while they're on break for this holiday season, 
they will be able to go and practice and prepare themselves for competition coming up in January. Now, as I stated before, you're going to have access to the resources that I've discussed in this episode. So just check the link in the show notes to access the resources. What will come in that um, bundle of resources will be um, the role play organizational form, which I recommend that you have print out at least one for each competitor. There's also a video that supports that role play organization form. Also, you'll have a link to where the instructional, um, the district instructional areas are. Then you also have a link to the performance indicators. And there is a video that helps students understand how to study the performance indicators for their instructional area. That will also be in that bundle of information. And then there will be a link to the event guidelines for role play. And then you will have to access the um, case studies that you're going to use for your practice. Now you can get those from searching for case studies online. There's tons of case studies out there. Trust me, I've searched them down and printed them out in stacks when I was teaching. But also you can go to the shopdeca.org to actually access some resources uh, for your classroom and have at least two different case studies because you'll want one case study for one group and then another case study when they switch places, okay? And then um, you'll want to have at least one at each judge table. You'll also have access to the professional dress guideline in the bundle. And I want you to also remember during your role play practice, have plenty of blank copy paper and pencils. Again, you can access the resource bundle in the link in my show notes, and it is called the DECA Roleplay Practice Guidelines. Happy prepping and have a wonderfully blessed day. Thanks for listening to Marketing Adventure. Remember to subscribe, rate, review, and share this episode with someone you think would benefit from the information shared here today. If you have any questions or want to connect with me, Find me on Instagram at Marketing Adventure. All links and resources discussed in this episode can be found in the show notes at marketingadventure.com.